Good morning. Welcome to the We Are Driven podcast, where we discuss the pursuit of excellence in business, fitness, and cars. My name is Arun Kumar. I'm the driver, and I'm here with my co-host, Dan LaRue. How are you, Dan? Doing all right. Good morning, Arun. Good morning, listeners. We're on episode... Oh, shit. I looked this up before, and I forgot already. <laughs> 28. Episode 28. Uh... And today, we're talking about weightlifting, as you can see in the title, and we'll get there. Um, and I want to start with a topic that's sort of, sort of relevant. I took creatine for the first time this morning. Oh, and yeah. what's your initial thought? You feel anything? I put on my shirt after a shower and my sleeves are even tighter. Okay. All right. You know, I, I never took that myself. I knew people that did take it when I was weightlifting hard. Um, the only thing I really heard about it is like it re- you retain a lot of water. Yeah. And so I, because of that, did not take it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that sounds like something that is just going to give me an artificial pump, but also make me feel really swollen. And I'm going to have even more body dysmorphia over it and just not be very happy with myself. And so I don't want to do it. And, and that's especially all, that's all I heard about it. Well, yeah. it was exactly what you just said. Yeah. And, and so that didn't, didn't make it appealing to me because I wasn't trying to be, you know, biggest guy in the room. I wanted to be big and strong, but I cared more about the strong than the big. Cause that was yeah. more measurable and I was always bad at looking in the mirror. So I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I'm... I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the I just, same way. I just focused on numbers and thought, yeah, I can deadlift 500 pounds and I don't really care what I look like. And that worked for a time, but I have started hearing more benefits to creatine. Like it is a nootropic and it helps. And we'll see today if I'm extra good mood, strong vocabulary, whatever else a nootropic is supposed to do. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine, you know, the science behind it and the things that we know about creatine is a little bit better than it was 10 years ago when I was around sure. it. Yeah. Um. So I, I'd be curious to get your feedback as you take it for a longer period of time. I'll just keep... <laughs> as just he flexes flex. on camera. Yeah, I'll just keep flexing. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I do... Like, I, I mean, yeah, my my sleeves feel a little tighter. I, I mean, I don't know if that's actually of because the, of the creatine effect going on. Yeah, right. Uh, and I I also. I, I went on that trip for about a week and was not. I, I wasn't as dialed on my diet as I am when I'm at home. Yep, that's that's how it goes. I was in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, and and so for me, often what that means is I'm not getting enough protein, and I'm not getting, I'm getting you know right around the calories that I need. Maybe sometimes a little too much. Maybe sometimes not enough. Generally, not enough protein. And when I get back from those trips, what usually happens is. I am um, about the same weight that I was before I left. And two days later, I'll have dropped three pounds because my composition of my diet will have kind of reformatted itself. And I'll now be 
experiencing more protein and and swapping out i don't know muscle for retained water from the extra sodium or something like that and yeah, um, it's kind of kind of like a diet reset yeah and and so i did that and i was feeling kind of undisciplined and and for a week or so i was very strict and i was counting macros and tracking everything and was hitting my marks every single day and that was great but I was feeling, I was going to bed hungry, you know, not as strong as I want to be. And I lost like three or four pounds, something like that. And said, yeah, all right. You know, I accomplished what I wanted to, and I can go back to eating some more of the foods that I like and being a bit more flexible. Uh, and, and just as an aside, I'm not eating, when I say eating stuff that I like, I'm not eating stuff that makes me feel worse afterwards. So I'm not eating pizza. I'm not eating tortilla chips. I'm not eating ice cream. A Wendy's Baconator. I'm not eating, <laughs> <laughs> not eating a Wendy's Baconator. It's more, it's more like just eating more flexibly. Like I'll eat a slice of toast with jam on it. Something like that. You know, not what kind of, what, what kind of jam? <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't I don't I don't know how widespread the brand is and I don't actually know what the brand is called but it's it's a jar that is quite square in proportions it's okay. it's uh it's round but not but but it's uh it's it's as tall as it is wide and it has like a traditional red and white checkered you know it's uh, picnic tablecloth uh, lid like yeah like like smuckers <laughs> oh i guess okay every jam has it's not smuckers <laughs> every jam has this lid and a very simple label i don't remember the brand and it's called four fruits oh all okay. right all right i don't even know what the four fruits are i bet it's good it was good i had Multiple slices. Anyway, so yesterday I had many <laughs> slices of toast with jam on them, <laughs> like four. <laughs> and so that definitely contributed to the fact that after losing those four pounds after the trip and being super disciplined, I gained eight pounds in three days. And that's just kind of how my weight can fluctuate when you, I mean, for me, those kind of numbers, it's a small percentage and I don't feel very different, but I know that that's quite a big difference and and part of why sure. I, I manage my weight very closely is because it's very easy for me to eat way more than I need to, especially when I'm in kind of slower periods of work. Yeah. So I do have to be very mindful of that. Anyways, the point of that is <laughs> I started taking creatine, but I started weightlifting in 2009. So 14 years ago, and I just started taking creatine. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. It's probably the same for you. Yeah, it's it's somewhere in that area of 2009. I think it was a. I think it might have been a year before. I can't really remember when I actually started because we we in our gym class we actually had like a like a weightlifting portion to it. And in I know middle school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think right. I think it might have been 2007, 2008, somewhere hmm. in that ballpark. Okay. Yeah. Our our uh, our gym teacher uh, 
he was a big time like wrestling coach at our, at our high school and like generationally big time wrestler huh. like he, like his photos on the walls he still still held records like wow. whole nine yeah so uh he was very big into making sure that we were uh properly weight training especially if we were in sports um so, while in uh physical education so i had as a sophomore and up i believe it was rick hugley which spelled H-U-G-E-L-I, I think, hugely. <laughs> <laughs> he, so he was the uh, strength and conditioning coach for the University of Washington football team. And he came and coached at my high school, strength and conditioning oh. coach. And that was cool. And he implemented yeah. a, a summer program and brought it in as a piece of the curriculum that you could actually get credit for as a class advanced fitness that was cool yep yeah we we had classes similar to that in high school but probably not as crazy as yours it was it was cool because it was all about mobility and conditioning and we did running form and sprinting form and throwing form and jumping and yeah we did none bunch of, of stuff the it's football just... players took our advanced fitness class just to solidify the fact we did a workout for the day and didn't have to do an after school <laughs> Oh, it was out of laziness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we would do we would do two days sometimes too, especially with basketball. Oh yeah. A- after yeah. the first year of us doing that, our coach came in and said, Nope, you uh, don't get attendance for this anymore. You're doing two. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way it's sufficient. No, oh gosh, no. Well, so anyways, we're we're two very experienced lifters. And I think that something that happens when you leave high school or college, if you if you played sports in college, your priorities change and your your imposed training changes. Meaning when you're in high school and college, you have a coach and that coach is telling you what to do. And that has been your whole life is that somebody else, generally speaking, has told you what to do to get better at training. And to do these exercises, this many reps, you should target this much weight this many times a week. And that's what you need to do to check the box for our strength and conditioning aspect of your sports obligation here. Um, And you may have become a self-starter during that time and decided to start doing more lifting for yourself or doing more training, whatever it may be that you were very independent and just decided to start designing your own training programs. That's not the majority of us. I don't know. Did you do any of that in high school or college? Nope. I got the, what you'd call the freshman 15 after high school. Mm. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's a great point actually. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, for me, um, I mean, outside of like the football season, I was regularly in the gym, you know, weightlifting because that's what the team required. Uh Um, But like going out and doing stuff on my own, uh, absolutely not. No way, Jose. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then at the tail end of of high school, right before I graduated, I actually had my shoulder repaired and I never went back 
Oh, yeah. I can't remember if you've talked about that on the podcast. I may have mentioned it, mm-hmm. but yeah. But, and I think that's where it really started for me of not being healthy for 10 years. Mm. So uh, definitely getting the freshman 15. I, I was very weary of my shoulder at that point um, after having it repaired. Cause I didn't want to hurt it again. Right. Um, and as I found out last night, I still have issues with it. So, mm. but you know, yeah, at that time, especially you were protecting the hell out of it. You oh, didn't yeah. want to do anything on it. And at the time that mindset made sense that, and, and mm-hmm. did you do, did you do rehab and physical therapy? None. Zero. Oh, I, wow. I, I okay. wish I had, you know, I, I literally had a 100% posterior labral tear Ouch. And, and I have four pins in my shoulder holding that in place. And for the life of me, I don't understand why I didn't have physical therapy. That should have been prescribed for sure. I, I, I agree. I don't know why I wasn't. Yeah. So, and, and similar ish for me, I, broke my wrist sophomore year of high school. I dunked and fell off the rim. Ah, and I had to add that in there. I kid you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so I, I dunked and fell off the rim right at the beginning of the basketball season. And I had been super amped to play. Oh, by the way, I dunked this morning because every year and I already did it this year, as my birthday was two months ago, but every year on my birthday, I make sure I can still dunk <laughs> and it's not hard for me. Obviously I'm six, eight, but yeah, I can't it's... dunk. <laughs> really? No. Okay. No, never surprising actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, dunked fell off the rim, broke my wrist right at the beginning of the basketball season. I wanted to play very badly that year. I really desperately wanted to be on the team to participate, to, to, be the big baller star that I had been the year before or two years before. And I took the cast off early. So oh, I know all about this taking my cast off early or okay. No, me early. doing that too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, maybe you have the same experience to me then where I took the cast off early and it was my right wrist, my shooting wrist, And I had learned how to shoot with my left hand. I had learned how to dribble really well with my left hand. But obviously, I'm right-handed dominant. I'm never going to get back to full 100% that level of skill with my left hand. And and I was eager to start using my right hand again and be shooting and doing all normal stuff with my right hand again. So I took the cast off early, and I was prescribed by my strength and conditioning. There's a trainer who handled injuries and rehab and mobility more than Rick Hughley, Tamara. So Tamara said, here is a little stress ball that I want you to squeeze 3000 times a day or whatever the prescription Mm -hmm. was to build up your forearm strength. And then I want you to do these wrist exercises to get your mobility and your strength back into your wrist and don't shoot and don't dribble with that hand. We just want you to be doing strengthening exercises. Do not just go back into normal life. So what did I do? Went right back into normal life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, did not do much of the prescribed rehab. And so to this day, I, you know, I, I benched this morning and I can feel that wrist pain. Yeah. Ironically, we're talking about this 
on the day that the victimhood mentality podcast was released, episode 25, episode 25, I talk about how this lady was bitching in an AA meeting about how her wrist or her elbow will never be the same after she got hit by a truck and how that was a bad mindset to have. So I'm going to put a stop to what we're talking about now and say, yeah, (laughs) despite the fact that I broke my wrist, took the cast off early and didn't do the rehab, that's my own fault. Now I know what I need to do in the future so that I don't continue to have these sort of nagging injuries. Here we are uh, 13 years later, still have that same injury. Mm -hmm. And we both of us know that doing physical therapy and rehab, prioritizing that sort of capability to use the driven, we are driven words. To, to improve your capability to the extent possible, you do have to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. In high school, as a guy especially, you just want to get right back to the sprint you were doing before you got injured. Yeah, yeah. And my my story is eerily similar. <laughs> now, now you have me thinking about it, and I'm sitting here rubbing my hand. Because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore spring. Yeah, springtime sophomore year. I, uh, I, I got in a fight with a friend and ended up with a boxer's fracture, like mm. right before a workout. And uh, took the cat. My dad actually cut it off in the living room three days later. Like three uh, days cast. later, the cast. Yeah, jeez. And uh, man, my hand still just never feels like I definitely don't have the grip strength. Mm-hmm. I used to, I, I broke my fifth metatarsal, so pinky side. And like that outside grip is just, it's never been there since. But uh, yeah, when when we talk about things like this, like my hand just tingles. <laughs> like, like, it's, <laughs> like it's its so, ears are burning. Yeah, like like I can put my left hand on the, on the, on my desk. And I can lift my pinky up. I, I can't do it with my right hand. So like you lay it flat and you lift your pinky up. Yeah. Yeah. Both hands I can do. Yeah, I can't do it with <laughs> with my right hand. But it is what it is. You know, I, I I wanted I was very concerned after being out my freshman year with a broken wrist and like I missed the entire season that if I was going to fall behind because I, you know, decided to hit somebody and break my hand, that I was going to miss out on another like two months of right. weightlifting and be even further behind. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was a bright idea and so did my dad. And, uh, I went back to weightlifting. This is one of those things. So I've, I've never gotten in a fist fight. I have, again, being huge, my way of physical dominance in school. Cause that's a thing mm-hmm. was just to throw people. <laughs> so I got in quite big trouble once in, fifth grade or something like that. I picked a guy up by his hair and threw him against the wall. Oh, geez. <laughs> Cameron, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. But yeah, I got I got caught doing that one. But anyways, point being, and this is something Jocko talks about, if you, it's never a good idea to get in a fist fight. No. It is a good idea to, if you are forced to engage in hand-to-hand conflict of whatever kind that you don't punch or if you do you have really good technique 
but instead you a aim to just run away but b if you do have to have to get into the conflict that you bring people to the ground and submit them or you generally get them away from you or get them submitted and no longer wanting to fight you rather than just punching them in the face for however good it might feel (laughs) yeah it was a good idea in the moment of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) afterwards not so much (laughs) when you're like ow my hand hurts (laughs) yeah well okay so that's a terrible segue but we're going to use it into the topic for today (laughs) basically i want to talk about some of the changes in mindset and in expectations that i experienced over the course of 14 years of lifting and and dan you've probably had some similar experiences along the way here Mm -hmm. and some new ones now (laughs) and some new experiences now yeah. yeah and and i think i So when I first started lifting after high school, meaning when it was the first time I did it for myself, I was a sophomore in college and I had two friends that were in my fraternity with me and we were the sort of three bros and just wanted to start getting into lifting more. And that was in 2015. And each of us every day would, we had a group text and we would text and say, Hey, when we go to the gym today, pros, you know, that kind of obvious college bro gym (laughs) thing that you do. And it worked from an accountability perspective. It meant that we always made it to the gym every day, no matter who was sore or how much you didn't want to do it or how tired you were, how much other shit you had to do. Your bros were going to be there. So you had to be there. And that's part of, what we're trying to do with we are driven as well as that level of accountability. You see what other people are doing and you want to be there with them in that community. So we all wanted to do it as these college bros. Yeah, sure. To get stronger, but really just to look good. That's pretty much it is we thought, yep, we're going to do every day. We would go into the gym and uh, bench and do curls and triceps and, all the exercises you know you need to do if you want to have a physique. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here, just in that it's okay, first of all, to want to just be in shape for your physique. I think it's a proud feeling to be proud of what you see in the mirror, look good naked. And it's it's okay <laughs> that you want that. It's not vain. It's not superficial. Even if you're doing it solely so you can glorify yourself in the mirror, you're going to have good byproducts. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be stronger. So I don't really care what your reasoning is to do it. At the end of the day, you're going to enjoy feeling better, being more capable, and looking better. So well, thank you're... you for describing my mindset to a T. So Which part? Uh, just, you know, doing it just to you know, not necessarily get cut and get, you know, real jacked and looking big. Like I'm doing it just, you know, to feel better, you know, to show, show progress over time. But like, I I don't, I don't need the crazy six pack, big arms, big legs kind of thing. Like I'm just, I'm not interested in that anymore. Like I just want to be healthy and be able to do things with my kid as she gets older and, you know, continue to wakeboard because Mm -hmm. 
I, I will eventually not be able to because it'll hurt too bad the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I I just want to be healthier. And and yeah, that that's just purely maximum physical capability. Yeah. And I think it, it's a ever evolving standard that we all set for ourselves. And mm-hmm. as you pick out what exercises you're doing, how you're doing them, what your goals are, it's always going to change. And the standards, the measurability of it will change over time as well. So whether at first you're saying, I'm going to lift a certain number of pounds, then it changes to a certain amount of reps. Then it changes to, I just want to be able to, for me, it's one of the, one of those standards is I want to be able to pick up my wife while she's holding my kid. Yeah. So I don't know what that'll combined over 200 pounds lifted up from my torso basically. And, and be able to do that with good form and not throw my back out. And <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that's just yeah. a real world it, goal. Right. And for me, it's like, there are like everyday actions that I've been noticing over the last few months, like that I would have done a year ago that wouldn't have, wouldn't have been as comfortable to do. Mm-hmm. Like just going to the, to the store, not grabbing a cart and then throwing two big bags of, of cat food and dog food over my shoulder and just walk around like it's no big deal. Like, <laughs> so, farmer. Yeah, right. Just, yeah, farmer <laughs> carried over the shoulder and then a, then a box of litter on my left arm. Yep. So, so no, like a year ago, I'd have been like, I'm getting a cart. I'm not carrying this crap. Yeah. You're not but now. You I'm like, oh, this isn't a big deal. You don't have enough cats. Unlike me. <laughs> I can't. I actually, I mean, I will, we, we do. Amazon subscription now, but we used to get it from Walmart and it would be four boxes at a time because I don't like shopping and we have the space to store it. So Mm -hmm. four 40 pound boxes, I could not farmers carry out of the store. (laughs) We have to remember (laughs) my cat is 30 pounds. So he's two cats. Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't know that. And I have a puppy who eats through a bag of food in about a week. That's fine. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. that, that makes sense. (laughs) okay so we're talking about physique we're specifically talking about when you first start lifting what is it going to look like for you in terms of your experience and i had misconceptions about this when i was in college and i wanted to look good naked so i want to educate with with the remainder of this podcast and just talk about these misconceptions i want them to, to be removed from your thought process as you start lifting so you can have realistic expectations of kind of what the journey is going to look like for you. Now, generally speaking, there are two goals within I want to look good. I want to lose fat, gain muscle, or I want to gain muscle because you're a string bean. I was the first category. I wanted to lose fat and gain muscle. And when I first started lifting, I wasn't necessarily overweight, but I did feel, yeah, I want to convert this little bit of fat that I have into muscle. And then I want to build muscle on top of that. And I had friends along the way that were just absolute metabolism monsters and couldn't put a pound on their body to save their life. And Mm -hmm. just always those few. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
but but they just didn't didn't have any muscle on them were super weak super stringy and wanted to have a little bit of meat on the bone to attract the ladies or whatever it may be so let's start with you want to lose weight or you want to lose fat gain muscle i thought as i just said that i wanted to convert fat into muscle and then put on muscle and that the way i was going to do that is i was going to uh lift weights and do cardio and not really think about my diet and just lift weights, do cardio. And I was going to lift weights and put on muscle and I was going to do cardio and I was going to lose fat. And that's just how it was going to go. And it was going to be easy. But I learned fairly quickly that it didn't really matter whether I did the cardio or not. And in fact, as soon as I did the cardio and so right afterwards and the next day, I would feel more fat. And I didn't really understand how that worked because I thought, you know, you're supposed to burn fat with cardio. Isn't that the point of it? You get the optimal heart rate range and you're supposed to be able to burn fat. Well, it turns out you can't outwork a bad diet. And furthermore, even if you are weightlifting, if you're eating wrong, if you're eating too much, if you're eating a bunch of shit, you're going to stay fat. You're just going to get stronger under the fat. So you cannot <laughs> outwork a bad diet. Yeah, I think the the saying I heard was uh you can't outlift the spoon or or something like along those lines of something I've heard in the past. You can't outlift the spoon. Yeah. So it, it's 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 you know for that thing that you're talking about with yeah. with eating poorly and lifting at the same time. It's like you're not going to go anywhere. Right. So from 2015 until 2021, I ate like a house and I would tell people that I ate like a house and I would lift for 30 minutes a day and I lifted every single day. I'd wake up early and I would go lift at the gym and I was putting up big numbers and I was in the thousand pound club and I was super proud of how strong I was and I would feel like I needed to walk through doorways sideways (laughs) and I weighed like 260, which at 6'8 isn't extremely heavy, but it was kind of, it was like, I mean, I guess I I can definitely kind of move stuff and myself around at this weight for sure. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine you at that weight. Like, I feel like you would be like just a giant to me. (laughs) I'm still a giant to most people. Yeah, you. I mean, you are a giant now. I mean, but even then, like, like, yeah, I, yeah. I could see how that could be a, an interesting look. Yeah, I mean, it was just thick. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're not you're not just a tree. You're a redwood. There we go. <laughs> Sequoia. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so, so, so that physique it was sufficient for me for a while. And I always thought if I just cut back a little bit on the food and I keep, I lift a little longer and I put in the cardio that I would lose that little bit of extra belly fat that I had. What I came to learn 
is that, first of all, I wanted to be more muscular during this time. And although I was strong and big and thick, I had no muscle definition, I had no abs. I, I didn't, I just thought I was just kind of big and flabby and was like strong and could see a pump, but I never felt actually good looking despite how strong I was. When I did 75 hard, I implemented a real strict diet and committed to it for 75 days. And that turned into 165 days over the course of a year and learned just how much you cannot outwork a bad diet. And so from Valentine's day, 2021 to Valentine's day, 2022, I lost 55 pounds and found my physique while losing muscle. So I lost a lot of weight in a decently fast amount of time. It wasn't crazy fast, but I lost a lot of weight in a decently fast amount of time. And I found the muscle definition was just under the fat. Turns out it wasn't hiding behind one more pound on the bar or hiding behind cardio. It was hiding behind a bad diet. And that once I figured out a way to eliminate that fat, that I actually started being very proud of what I saw in the mirror. And that actually came, I was very happy that 75 Heart includes progress pictures because that was where I could really see on a daily basis the progress that I was making. And I was paying attention to it because I was taking those pictures. For sure. So what diet did you go with? So I did the first 75 days with a very, very, very simple diet because I just wanted to stick to something. I'd mm -hmm. never stuck to a diet before. So all I said is no added sugar. That's my diet. That had to be difficult. It was. Yeah. And I all I did was just looked at the nutrition facts on every single thing. And there's a line on the nutrition facts now that says added sugar. If there was added sugar, I'd put it back. And that's all there was to it. Is there added sugar in that? Uh, no, there's not. There shouldn't be because Mio is supposed to be sugar free. But you know, <laughs> the, the line is on here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it has zero percent daily value and stuff on it. I just like, yep. well, do I have anything in here that yep. would show that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so that actually when I moved to London in 2019, they did not have it on the nutrition facts boxes. Mm in the US in 2019. I oh, they didn't in the US. Okay. Correct. When I moved to London, everything there is done per 100 calories, which is odd. So the 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 way in which you scale the measurement on the container just makes no sense relative to the the serving size, which meant it was kind of hard to figure out how those nutrition facts worked. And then I yeah. came back here and they had put added sugar on. And then I was able uh, to do it. Okay. Yeah. The, the Europeans seem to be a little bit uh, ahead of what they're putting on their labels compared to us, you know, hmm. in, I mean, at least to me, uh. you don't think so? <laughs> no. I mean, especially <laughs> in, in London, put it, I'll put it this way. There's less focus on diet over there because there's less foods that okay. just immediately sure. make you fat. Yeah. And so there's less focus on diet. 
because you don't just go to McDonald's and get a 1500 calorie meal and have three <laughs> yeah. of those a day. For most people, that's way too many calories. Oh yeah. But it's so dense, you can't really tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't feel like you're eating this gigantic volume of food that's making you extra full forever. Just the combination of what it is and how chemical it is means that you're still going to feel hungry later, even if your body is plenty fueled. I don't yeah. know the science exactly. I, I guess that. I guess the correct statement would have been their food intake is much different than here. <laughs> much less. <laughs> yeah, mu- much, much less. Well, they, they have a. I mean, for the most part, they, they don't have this Americanized view on like fried food and stuff like that. Uh, some not, of not it to the they extent do. that we have through fast food and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah. But they do. They The main thing is smaller portions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or you know, they're not ordering this giant platter of food mm-hmm. <laughs> at dinner. But, and that's not to say that there aren't overweight people there because there oh, totally sure. were. Oh, yeah. Totally were. There are everywhere. Yeah. So, so anyways, that was my diet at the beginning. It, it got more advanced. We can, we can talk about that in another episode. But <laughs> basically, I lifted for six years after high school athletics, and I wanted to look really good, and I never succeeded because I couldn't outwork a bad diet. So here's the advice for this, and here's how you can kind of approach your next phase, whether it's your first phase or a new phase of your weightlifting journey, don't try to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. Start with losing fat because that will help you see the physique you already have. And if you're lifting weights, even if you're not eating enough to really build muscle, you're still going to create muscle. It's just going to be small and compact, but you're still gonna be able to see it. And I think that that is actually something that more people need to recognize is a good thing or is actually what you want. You don't necessarily want to look like Seabum or Kai Green, you know, these gigantic, what's the guy, Phil Heath, seven time Mr. Olympia. Oh yeah. You know, they are 300 pounds with more muscle than they know what to do with. They can't wear shirts or pants because they're so big. They have the little like string tank tops. (laughs) And sure, bodybuilding is a thing. I have a ton of respect for those guys and just think, you know, that is the sort of epitome of what a body can look like. But it's kind of impractical for everyday life. (laughs) And I would rather you lose a bunch of fat and feel very good seeing your defined delts and triceps and biceps and like chest and abs. I'd rather you do that and have a little bit of muscle than think you need to be huge. So as you approach this new phase and you want to lose fat, gain muscle, do the fat loss first. Just establish a better approach to your eating Realize that you probably don't need as much food as you think you do. Cut back, figure out what foods work for you in that new diet and start with getting a sustainable fat loss program done. And as you are continuing to lift during that program, you'll find you do actually 
look good because you've been lifting that whole time and you do still have muscle from that time. Yeah, like for me, you know, because I I started, you know, on my reemergence into fitness, you know, a year ago, even before I really started lifting, the first thing that I did was bring the self-awareness a little bit closer about the portion sizes of foods I was eating. Mm -hmm. And like I would go and like order something, you know, if we're out, I'm like, do I really need to eat everything that's on my plate? Do I need to order this extra, you know, side, you know, just being self-aware of the things that, you know, this portion actually might be too much for me. Like ask yourself that question. Is this too much? Am I going to be full and feel better with less intake? Right. There's a really good Alex Hormozy video about the number of calories that you actually need. Mm -hmm. It's less than you think it is. Yeah. I was way less for me. I was around 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day when I was maintaining 250 to 260 and when i went and lost 50 pounds i was down at 23 2400 calories a day dang yeah yeah that's pretty low and then now i'm at about 3200 maintaining at 215 yeah so that is Step one. And and by the way, I'm maintaining at 215 now at the same level of strength that I was at before. Barring my back injury, which did force me to focus more on capability and less on hero lifts. I don't go for one rep max squats or deadlifts anymore. I'm pretty much as strong as I was before. So that's a key metric to, to note here is that even though I lost a bunch of weight, it, I can still lift the same. I couldn't imagine doing a squat that I did in high school today. I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine even attempting it. Like, <laughs> like I, like those hero lifts we were doing. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that at my yeah. age now. <laughs> I could probably get there, but I don't know if I want to. <laughs> well, yeah. And if you focused on that, you could definitely probably outlift yourself in high school. Oh, you sure. Mm -hmm. You weren't fully developed yet. Yeah. All my best lifts, I was 23, 24. Yeah, I just have no desire to to go that that big. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even when I was 24, I, was, I could deadlift 500 pounds. I could squat 368, 365, 385. Mm -hmm. And I could, I, was, I mean, bench, I'm better now than I was then. But bench then was 255, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, think I was about. I don't know if that's 255. I think it was like two, 235, 240. I have to go back and look at my stuff. I still have. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> we recorded all of it. <clears throat> oh, you have like film or you wrote it down? Uh, wrote, written down. Okay. We, we yeah. had, because um, we did like competitions in the off season and, mm. and uh, I was a captain of one of the teams and we had like a binder of, you know, the stuff we, we did and we get points and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I mean, that's another thing that's going to come out with We Are Driven. Oh. Lifting competitions. All right. It might look more CrossFit-y than one rep max squat, which is fine. I mean, my workouts <laughs> are, are 
kind of getting close to CrossFit these mm-hmm. days. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So, so that is a, one of the paths that you might go down as you commence this next phase of your lifting journey. The other one is that you want to gain weight. So if you're still in your adult life or if you're still in college or high school listening to this and you want to gain weight, you do have to eat more, but don't just eat anything like protein really does build muscle. Like that is in my experience, the way to truly put on the correct weight. But more than that, you just got to eat. And so I've listed out some foods here that are truly what I believe to be valuable foods that you can eat a shitload of and get away with. And then, and by get away with, I mean, you'll put on a lot of muscle without putting on too much fat. But if you need to supplement this with just straight more calories of any kind, absolutely get after it. Just eat everything. And, I, and I'm saying this, if, if you're a, if you're a freaking customer service representative and you sit at a desk every day, you see those funny memes or people make fun of people who are just like extra jacked in the super tight business shirt, sitting at a desk with a headset on, just like, hello, welcome to Comcast. And they're just like freaking jacked. Mr. Incredible. Yeah, actually, Mr. Incredible. So, so you could, you could look like that. But really, it's going to take you a shitload of time to look like that. If you really want to be that big, you have to, you can't just assume you're going to get there because it takes an incredible amount of dedication to a shitload of eating to get there. So don't just write off this methodology because you don't want to achieve something that you'll probably never achieve. Yeah. I mean, look at what the rock eats. Like he posts this stuff yeah. on Instagram all the time. He eats so much food. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I know this is, you know, he's a little out there and there's a lot of debate about this human being, but uh, <laughs> liver King, I mean, he oh. eats a ton of food. I mean, it's nasty food. I would never do that, but like, <laughs> yeah, but, but like he's huge. Uh, also was on some extra stuff, but the food he eats, <laughs> It's a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've, you know, in college, when I put on, I went from around 200 in college to 250. And when I did that, I was eating everything I could. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so here's the list. Cottage cheese, turkey, and I would, both of those I would get from Costco. Costco cottage cheese, extremely cheap. It's like $3 yeah. for a four pound or two pound tub yeah it's a pretty big tub yeah and that was about two servings for me i wish i <laughs> liked cottage cheese I, I don't i don't know how to help people who don't like cottage cheese because i know i, I, I grew up eating it, it. yeah i grew up eating it and i don't hate it the only way i've ever eaten it is in my mom's lasagna that sounds good yeah mom you yeah. still have the best lasagna ever yeah right, that works that's fine. <laughs> Lots of ground beef, like lean ground beef with it. Italian sausage. Or that. 
Okay, cottage cheese, turkey, turkey also from Costco, turkey patties, frozen turkey patties, super easy. So not the rotisserie? Rotisserie turkey? If they've got it. Yeah. Who has that? If you've never seen, I've seen a rotisserie turkey before. Uh, It sounds like a Midwest thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So no, not a rotisserie turkey. If you can find it, I guess. Chicken breast? Yeah, rotisserie chicken. No, just get a whole ass chicken. Eat the whole thing. That's fine. Yeah, they're good. But eat eat the whole chicken in one sitting. That's about what you need to do. (laughs) I mean, they're big enough for just me, so. Yeah. But chicken chicken breast has insane protein to calorie ratios. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to just gain more weight, chicken thighs taste way better obviously red meat yeah and so you can you can consider that option as well i put protein powder on this list just because it it really is a thing that works you know i've i've never had a problem with too much protein powder i've never had a problem with fake protein powder it's it's really just you find one that that works for you in terms of your digestion and the flavor and the delivery method and whatever else. Protein powder is an effective means of getting more food in a way that's very very easy and light. <laughs> and then the last thing I put on here, synthetic tasty protein enriched things. Now, what I mean by that is in the last five-ish years, all of the stores in the world have been infiltrated by Quest Nutrition and Lenny and Larry's Complete Cookies and all that kind of stuff. Those are fine as long as you read the nutrition facts first because they'll play some tricks on you with the packaging. And this is true for all diet fad deals. Keto, vegan whatever soy free gluten free costco especially super guilty for selling products that have those sort of keywords on the label and they'll say you know 14 grams of protein per serving three grams of net carbs per serving and then they'll do all these tricks in the math to get to those numbers that they put on the front so it's it's you know, it's a cereal that says three grams of net carbs because some of it's sugar, alcohol, some of it's fiber, some of it's, you know, some other fake carb that they happen to be able to subtract from the number, whether or not it's real. I don't know how regulated that whole world is, but be smart, aim for stuff that's less synthetic and read the nutrition facts. So a Lenny and Larry's cookie is really deceptive with this because it says 14 grams of protein per cookie, but a serving is half a cookie and it's 420 calories in a cookie. What? Yep. How big is this cookie? It's not that big. Oh, I mean, it's, it's I've decent. never seen them. You know, it's I, like I, six I inches in diameter. Stuff, so I, I don't yeah. really know. So I, I don't find I, I don't find them tasty. <laughs> so. And they're not they're not as good as the real thing. Yeah. You know, you get the chocolate chip cookie is not as good as a chocolate chip cookie. But it's 
pretty dang good. And if you're not allowing yourself to eat a chocolate chip cookie, then it's it's still better than nothing, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you need the food in, the, in order to gain weight and it's something that you can enjoy eating, then just do it. What do you got there? I did have one for breakfast yesterday. I th- just thought about it. I, I grabbed one from the gas station. It was uh, Robert Irvin's Fit Crunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm assuming it's very bad for me. I mean, those are uh, the macros on them are okay. Yeah, it's a 380 calorie bar uh, with like 35 grams of protein, right? Uh, yeah, I'm looking for that line. Uh, it's 30. Yeah, 30. But it has five grams of added sugar, 16 grams of sugar alcohol. It's 27 grams of carbs two grams of dietary fiber and then yeah. six, 16 grams total fat uh, and so, then a lot of sodium <laughs> 490 milligrams so, so so that is an example of one that i have eaten plenty of in the past and in a pinch is okay i think mm-hmm. the, yeah i was in a pinch yesterday yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't want a full-blown breakfast but this will do i will get those after a track day because I always fill up for gas at the gas station right off off the freeway at Thunder Hill, and they sell those in the gas yep. station. So and that's exactly those. what it was. It's like I got to stop into the gas station anyway. Yep, that's what they're there for. The gas yep. <laughs> the gas station near my house. It used to be an auto repair shop and a small convenience store, and they just renovated the whole thing. So now it's like a mini grocery store. Okay, because. I think for zoning, they had to get rid of the repair shop or something like that. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. But yeah, for, for weight gain diet stuff, I'm from when I was, you know, working out, we were actually, some of us who couldn't like put on the muscle weight, we were actually put on the peanut butter jelly diet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which was like, then was like a huge live strong thing. Oh yeah. I remember and, that. And, uh, it was really interesting trying to scarf down like <laughs> six to 10 peanut butter and jellies a day. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> and, and yeah. Like I love peanut butter and jelly that, that bar I was just talking about was peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, and then to eat three meals at the same time, it's like, Oh, <laughs> nah, I've, and I've trained myself to do this. Just eat a lot. Very easily. I can eat 2000 calories in a sitting very easily. Mm-hmm. And, so for me putting on the weight, you know, in college, it was a problem and I was scrawny, but then I built muscle and fat simultaneously. And it took me six years to realize the the other part of the spectrum is, okay, once you've put on the muscle, now you have to lose fat only and not worry about preserving muscle, which just means maintain your protein and cut calories. And then you'll preserve muscle, but lose fat. So you're not converting muscle into fat. You're preserving muscle and losing fat. And you're going to lose weight in that process. And that's the right way to do it. And it's healthy. And that's that's a safer, realistic expectation to have, which is weird for me. It's weird to say, you know, I'll be conservative and safe and realistic with your expectations when it comes to fitness, I think that's a big problem is because people 
have such unrealistic expectations that they just don't do anything and they get frustrated and they give up. Yeah, like the expectation <clears throat> is like, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in a week. Um, not unless you have the world's fastest metabolism and you're working out, you know, 18 hours a day. I could probably lose 10 pounds in a week. I mean, but you're someone <laughs> that does this regularly. You, I mean, yeah. you're talking about any random person walking into the gym off the street that mm-hmm. says, oh, I'm going to lose 10 pounds this week. Yeah. And I think, so, I mean, this gets into more of the details of it. You can lose the first 10 really easily because it's probably just water weight. Yeah. And your bad, really salty diet has retained a shitload of water in you that when you clean that up, you'll go, you'll piss away 10 pounds in a week very easily. But it's the next 10 pounds that's going to be the really right. hard yeah. to lose yeah, in a week. Yeah, plateauing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so... So those are the two paths when you're when you're getting into weightlifting. You you lose weight by eating sufficient protein, but remembering that you can't outwork a bad diet, limiting your calories, and continuing to weightlift, but understanding that at first you're going to lose fat, which is going to reveal the good physique, and then you can worry about building muscle on top of that. But you're first just going to reveal the muscle that you've built just from a good amount of protein and and a and a number of calories that's actually making you lose weight. If you need to gain weight, you just eat a shitload. <laughs> that's the whole piece of the advice there. It's just eat a shitload, a bunch of protein, weigh double what you think you need, and when you start seeing results, then you move over to the other side where you want to be more balanced and and not put on too much fat while still building muscle. But that's all, that's that's what I've learned in several, several years of trial and error and education. And now I think I'm in a place where I really have good control over my physique and my diet and my weight and the way I look. And I'm happy with that. And so I'm happy to share it with everybody now. Look Anything at you else? go. I'm I so know. proud of you. Yeah, <laughs> it's been great. It's been great. Do you have any other comments on this? Uh, Yeah. If you try the peanut butter jelly diet that I mentioned, (laughs) uh, watch out for the sodium. Peanuts have a lot of sodium in them. So just get unsalted peanut butter. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I I remember about it was us being told to watch the salt intake. So, yeah. Or yeah, get get a natural peanut butter (laughs) without. Yeah. But even natural peanut butter has salt. Yeah. You need specifically low sodium un, stuff. unsalted yeah. peanut butter. Yeah. Because yeah. all that is just peanuts. Right. And it's still good. Just Otherwise, add salt. <laughs> I don't really have anything else. All right. Well, you sure? Do you have any advertisements? Maybe? I, I do. I do. Okay. Um, okay. We are sponsored uh, by We Are Driven. Uh, our motivational brand behind this podcast we have a few different ways you can help yourself with motivation in your pursuit of excellence, business, fitness, and your passion, whatever your passion may be. It could be anything. <laughs> uh, we have a free Discord server uh, where Arun will wake up super early and send you a nice motivational message to one of the channels uh, to help you get your day started. Uh, we are online uh, uh, with Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube and uh, wearedriven.co for any other information. 
Uh, we have top level coaching, accountability, and a private Discord group as well called the Driven Network. Uh, that is subscription based. You get access to um, some more in depth channels where you can conversate with with other members of the network about things that you're doing, whether they're cool or you're struggling. You can ask for advice. Uh, a lot of cool things on that side of our Discord server. Um, and then Arun, would you like to uh, give your your social media handles so they can contact you for anything? So Instagram and TikTok are at Arun D. Kumar. Facebook and LinkedIn is just my name. And it's slash Arun Kumar, I guess, like facebook.com slash Arun Kumar and linkedin.com slash IN slash Arun Kumar. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, why do I know that? I've had to enter in, in my LinkedIn a bunch of times <laughs> in random places, I think. Yeah, so uh, that's me. Yep, and then I am Dan LaRue uh, on Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, I am Dan underscore LaRue at, on Instagram and DLaRue95 on TikTok. Uh, feel free to message me there. I might get to it eventually. <laughs> I'm not a really TikTok user. <laughs> and eventually we're going to get wearedriven.com. We are stuck on .co right now because, you know, although we are sponsored, this podcast is not yet generating the sort of revenue we need to buy that domain name because it's a premium domain name that's listed for sale for many thousands of dollars. Crazy. If you want to make people. a donation. No, I'm not. Fuck that. <laughs> don't, don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't have a Patreon. I, the way the way in which I want compensation through we are driven is because we're providing value to you. So there's a there's a value exchange at a certain level. That certain level is based on your commitment to getting better through what we're offering. That is why we charge for the driven network, but that's why we don't charge for really anything else except for the apparel because that just has a hard cost associated with it. The the driven network is if you're making that investment in yourself to get better, then you're going to take it more seriously. You're going to invest it, the time and the effort into listening to the coaching, learning about the iterative goal setting framework, applying it to what we teach or not what we teach, applying the iterative goal setting framework to your life and really making that change. So that's what we do in there. And then go lift because it's awesome. You can be strong, you can look good naked, and you can eat more. <laughs> really, that's all I care about in my lizard brain human instinct <laughs> deal that I just want to peacock around. I'm already married, so I don't really want to peacock around that much, but at least my wife thinks I'm hot. And <laughs> do a boudoir shoot for her. No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, and what else? Did I, oh, yeah. And I, we both like eating. So that's why, I mean, she's, she, before becoming pregnant, was working out twice a day and similar in her priorities of building muscle, but not too much muscle and losing fat at the same time. So, anyways, I hope this podcast has been helpful for you in framing and setting expectations for your next phase of your lifting journey. I hope you've enjoyed. This has been Arun and Dan. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, stay driven.